everyone. Good morning. We're back. Um, today we're going to talk about 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 22. And here Apostle Paul gives Timothy a very helpful framework to think about um, himself as a minister of Christ, as well as some warnings. We'll start off with verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So there's a lot to be said here. Um, I just want to point out first off, um, he says, present yourself to God as one approved, mm. right? Not approved by man, not approved by himself even, not approved by parents or friends, simply by God, our mm. creator, our heavenly father. And so as we're doing our service, as we're doing ministry, it's it's before God. Mm. And then it says, as a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And I was thinking ashamed of what? It doesn't just mean being ashamed of the gospel. You know, in previous times, the Apostle Paul talked about not being ashamed. I think a lot of it was not being ashamed about the gospel because it had it's a power of salvation. And um, but it's also true. It's true that we should preach the gospel with confidence and not be ashamed of it. But here, I think it's uh, it brings it down to another level. It also means you know, worker has no need to be ashamed of themselves, their own decisions, and the testimony they exhibit to those around them. Their testimony, their conduct. I think some questions to ask is you know, is is our lives blameless? Are there areas that we're ashamed about? Are there areas that we have not been doing our best to present ourselves as one approved, to be holy and upright? And I think there are a lot of different ways that plays out in Christian life. Maybe there are ways that we cut corners. Maybe there are ways that we compartmentalize different sins, even though we know it's in direct disobedience to God. But, you know, you're holding on to a certain area and indulging and accommodating for that sin based off a of technicality. For instance, maybe rationalizing that that sin isn't explicitly stated in the Bible. Um, but here, you know, it gives us an important mentality that we're supposed to have regardless. We're called to do our best, to be approved. And I think as someone who's blameless, who really pours out his best, can beam with satisfaction when they give it their all. I think about a worker who really pours into his work, who really wants to please that master, that boss. And he's so, you know, so happy at the end to be showing his work to his boss versus, you know, a worker who's like shifty eyed, who cut corners, who's hiding something when that boss comes back. I think, you know, it's a clear picture of what, which kind of worker God is calling us to be as one who presents our very best to him and has no need to be ashamed. Yeah, so how else is a worker characterized? He's characterized as someone who can rightly handle the word of truth. Um, remember from Ephesians, the word of God is supposed to be our sword. It's our offensive weapon. And so to rightly handle the swords so that it can cut into people's hearts and um, our own as well as others. And as ministers of the word, the, the, as of God, you know, the word is our main tool. Um, I like this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It said, swords are meant to cut and hack and wound and mm -hmm. kill with the word of truth is for pricking men in the heart and killing their sins. Mm -hmm. The word of God is not committed to God's ministers to amuse them with its glitter nor charm them with the jewels in its hilt, but to conquer souls for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so if you, yeah, so if you remember Hebrews 412 from a while back, right, the word of God is meant to prick our heart. It's kind of like a surgeon's knife. And here's the thing, right? As uh, ministers, I mean, you can handle the word incorrectly and clunkily and, and and you have to realize that that's not a good thing, right? If you handle it poorly, right, in the process of maybe helping to do some heart surgery, you're going to accidentally lop off some limbs, some arms or legs, and that's going to really mess up the other person. And so we have to be really careful how to handle God's word. So what does that mean? We know the Bible well, know the, know the verses, know the correct interpretation. If you get that wrong, you could really throw people off. And then also how to apply it to our lives and, you know, even how to bring it about, right? How to share it, 
right? All of these things are crucial for God's workers. And um, all the more we need to really be able to learn to handle the word of truth because we're all called to be ministers. Mm, That's true. I think the application part is often a hard part for a lot of us. And I think if we know the heart of God behind it, it'll be clear for us and we can rightly handle it. Mm -hmm. I thought about verse 20 this time. um, It says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. and it struck me this time that there's there's this description of a house with many vessels. Even though there are many vessels, it's distilled down to two types of vessels. It says some are for honorable use and some are for dishonorable use. And then verse 21 tells us, you know, those that are are of for honorable use, they are useful to the master. There are those who are willing to cleanse themselves cleanse him or herself from what is dishonorable. And I think that looks like, you know, taking a clear stand against sin, um, taking clear to, to just clear to pursue holiness and as we do that we can therefore be used by god by the master of the house and i, was, I thought it was interesting how it doesn't really talk even though there's so many vessels in the house it doesn't really talk about a neutral vessel you know one where you can just sit there and i think it's i was thinking about the idea that pastor manny introduced during winter retreat you know the idea of a plus minus and he asked something to the, to the equivalent of are you a plus minus to the body of christ or to the kingdom of god and i was thinking about so yeah, the choice is between being an honorable vessel or being a dishonorable one. And I think God really wants to use us to do his good work to be a blessing, but we can't if we refuse to hold on to our sins and ju- and deal with them. And not when we refuse to let go of our sins or feel to, we refuse to cleanse ourselves and to be an honorable vessel, it's not that we're a neutral vessel, but we can actually be a dishonorable one. I think our decisions also affect other people if uh, we can't if we choose not to be those vessels that can be used by God. Because you know we're older brothers, we're older sisters, we're Christians, we're fellow mentors, and. Um, uh, fellow members of a body of Christ and if we don't deal with our sins it can also spread it can cause others to swerve from the truth and it can also upset upset the faith of others when we choose to not be an honorable vessel mm-hmm. and you think about it right God is trying to pour into us so we can pour out into others but if we're not clean ourselves then our work is really going to be tainted um, so then how do you cleanse ourselves? in verse 21 if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable then he will be a vessel for honorable use and I was thinking that um, it starts with reflection and repenting right you know our outward actions they're not going to change what's on the inside right it, it, it's I think important to do but it starts with the heart um, and it starts with allowing the blood of Christ to cleanse us as we confess our sins before him and so that's where it starts um, what's on the inside, again, is what's the most important to God. Um, and if we want to be ready for God's work, we need to really uh, value purity, integrity, and holiness. And again, that starts with repentance. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, right, what is God's heart for us? It's that we would have good work to do. God isn't like some taskmaster who just wants to like milk us so that we can mine like another nugget of gold or something like that. No, <laughs> right? He's a loving father. Mm-hmm. Think If you think about it in terms of relationship, like I want my son to have good, meaningful work when he grows up. And that's God's heart for us as our father. Mm-hmm. He wants us to have good work and wants us to be prepared for that. And so, you know, how, and then um, another prescription for a worker proved is um, you think about it's not just handling the word of God correctly, but it's also actually what we choose to avoid. And so much of this passage is talking about avoid irreverent babble, avoid iniquity, cleanse yourself, divorce yourself from the things that uh, dirty you. Um, what are those things, right? What are those youthful passions? And I was thinking about it like, you know, it's things like lust going along with the world mindless entertainment going along with the crowd you know different kinds of pleasure that we know are not holy and pleasing 
And, um, you know, in a sense, uh, you know, this translation, youthful passions, it, it makes it very relatable. Um, but then I think also if you look at another translation from the NIV, for example, the way a lot of us actually grew up memorizing it, it says, flee the evil desires of youth. And so youthful passions are not just these like kind of innocent things, but they're evil desires of youth that lead us astray, that leads God's work astray. Um, and I think that's important to also note that it's, it's, it's a little more than just, um, you know, these feelings we have when we're young. Mm. And then the Bible has a clear stance against sin. It says in verse 22, that word, there's that word flee. And what does it look like to flee? It means to go in the opposite direction and not just go in the opposite direction, you know, kind of stroll away or like, you know, back off. But it said if you run with all of your heart with intensity mm-hmm. because you're learning to fear that sin, you're learning to hate it. And not only that, you're not just accommodating for that sin, you know, rationalizing about what you think you can get away with, you know, the bare minimum, get by and still be considered Christian. You know, it's, it's a very clear stance. The heart of God says, with all these sins with these youthful passions learn to flee from them don't just dance around at the precipice and see where it'll lead you flee and i think that's something you know even though they're specific going back to what will said about rightly handling the word of truth even though there are a lot of topics that may might not be specifically included like the word the buzzword might not be specifically included in the bible i think when we look at the heart of god there's a very clear stance that he has towards sin which is to flee Mm. all right that's all for today We'll talk to you later. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.